Hallelujah. Praise God. I love the Lord this morning. I thank him that we're not just uh, all about tradition or all about just uh, going down a program, but when we feel the presence of God, we can react to that. I don't ever want to get to the place where I can't react to the moving of the Spirit of God, where I can't feel him working in my life. Amen? Praise God. I need him, church. I know I've said that. Amen. I used to sing a song said that I, it would say, I can't walk without Jesus. I can't talk without Jesus. Everything, I can't do anything without Jesus. And I remember I was working with a man one time and he, he said something about, he goes, yeah, he said on Sunday morning, he said, I see all those people getting ready to grab a hold of their crutch and go to church. He said, that's all it is. Brother Littles, he said, that's all it is. That's all they're serving God for. It's just a crutch just to help them make it through life. They can't make it on their own. Boy, and I mean, something ruffled up in me a little bit, and I got a little upset about what he said. Hallelujah. Then I realized that he spoke the truth. I can't walk without Jesus. I can't talk without Jesus. I can't live not one second of one day without Jesus. Lord, I need him. Amen. Praise God. I feel him in here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I love Sunday school, don't you? Amen. I grew up in this church. Many of these elder saints that are out here today, they took the time to teach me the word of God and teach me about the love of Jesus Christ. And I appreciate them so much and I give honor to them. I can't call names because there are so many. But uh, I appreciate each and every one of you. I appreciate our elders in the church. Amen. I appreciate our Sunday school department. Amen. We had a great time at the red carpet event last night for the Sunday school children. And, and what a wonderful time that was. Seeing those kids get up and entertain us. But not just entertain us, but sing songs unto the Lord. And do testimonials and fiery fives. And, and uh, we just had a fun night. And I thank God for that. I thank God for Sunday school. Amen. Where would I be today if, I, if my parents hadn't just sent me to church? They didn't just send me to the house of the Lord, but thank God they took me to church. Amen. There's a difference. Amen. I'm glad they took me to the house of God, took me to church, and put me in Sunday school so somebody could teach me about Jesus. Praise God. I'm a little emotional today, and I don't really know why. <laughs> Other than I've been feeling this for about two weeks. And so, anyway, I want to talk a little bit today, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I want to follow the leading of the Spirit, and this is what I feel the Lord wants me to talk about. We might go a totally different direction, I don't know, but I want to talk about that there's a purpose for the pain. How many of you know that we're living in a world that inflicts hurt upon us every day? There's pain and there's suffering, there's anxieties, there's depressions, there's nervous conditions all around us. and We're not immune from that. The child of God is not immune from that. Because we live in a world that's a cursed society, a cursed world since the beginning. And uh, until our Lord God returns, it's going to stay that way. But thank God he didn't just put us in this situation and say, I'm going to throw you out there and you just make it on your own. You just find a way to buck up and you just make it. You just toughen up. You do whatever. And we need to have that attitude. We don't need to have an attitude that just says, I'm just going to just lay here and woe is me. We don't need that attitude. But we do need to realize, and that's why I'm emotional this morning, we do need to realize that we can't make it in our own strength. 
in our own abilities, we come up short and we fail. I'm not strong enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough to make it in this world without Jesus. I need him. And uh, many times I've wondered when I was allowed to go through things, when situations would come up in my life that would be so difficult to deal with. And we've all had them. And we're going to continue to have them. That's part of living. And, uh, but I've wondered, Lord, why? How many of you asked that question? Lord, why? Why, God, am I facing this? Excuse me, I got to, my nose got to run. I got to crying and that kind of tends to happen. We've asked God why, hadn't we? Many times. It's all right. Job, he faced a lot. He faced uh, severe circumstances, probably even more so than any of us will ever face. And he asked God some questions. He asked God why. And he wanted to know. But God didn't just leave him with a bunch of questions. God gave him some answers. And he told him, said, oh, Job, now where were you when I spoke the worlds into existence? He was just letting Job know he was in control. Now, I want you to know this morning, no matter what you're facing in your life, God is still in control. This world might be in turmoil all around us, but heaven is not, God is not in heaven on the throne right now wringing his hand saying, what am I going to do about Ukraine? Or what am I going to do about Vladimir Putin? Or what am I going to do about the Republicans? Or what am I going to do about the Democrats? Or what am I going to do about the inflation? God's not doing that. Now, we do that because we're human. But God is in control of all things, both great and small. Amen. And there's things that are going to happen in this last day that might not be in accordance to our plan, but they are in accordance to his plan. Amen. He has a plan and he has a purpose, and it will be fulfilled. Amen. But we all face situations and we face storms in our life that leave us at times to question why. And I want to just talk about that a little bit this morning. And I want to encourage you that there's a purpose for the pain. Amen. And that God's timing is perfect timing. Things don't happen just by happenstance and by mistake. You're not here this morning just by happenstance. But you made effort. God put it in your heart to come to the house of the Lord. I want to take my text from uh, St. John, the 11th chapter. Brother Chris, very familiar passage of Scripture, John chapter 11. We've read it many times. But God's Word is alive to me every time, every time I read it. John chapter 11. I'm going to read a little bit, and I want you to follow along with me on the screen. I'm going to see who get that pulled up so you can follow along with me. You know, before I read this text, I want I remember a story uh, that I, that. It, an old Amishman related to me one time about how when he was a kid that he had hurt himself. They, he, they run around barefoot a lot, working on the farm, working around doing things, and he had got a stone bruise. Anybody know what a stone bruise is? Boy, very painful. And he said this bruise started off small and just the pain just got worse. And through the night, he said he just got in the evening time, it got unbearable. He said the throbbing and the pain and, the, and, his, and his foot swole and it was red and it was just very painful. said his mother tried all the normal remedies, the salves and all that, even the Epsom salt, you know, soaking it in Epsom salt, which brought only, even though it seemed like a miracle drug from all the old timers talk about it, it just kind of brought some temporary relief. But through the night, he said it was so horrible. He couldn't rest, couldn't sleep. It just, every beat of his heart, it would throb. And it was so painful. And he said, so it was... 
He said the next morning when his mom said, son, I'm taking you to the doctor. He said, I wouldn't. He said, and the doctor will help us. Brother Littles, he said, I wasn't upset about that at all. Normally, I kind of shy away from the doctor, he said, but I was ready for some relief. How many of you in your life have ever went through some things and you've been ready for some relief? Amen. I have. Anyway, he said, I was anxious when mom said, let's go. He said, they got in their horse and their buggy and they took off. He said, and every clop of the horses going down the, the road. And he said, just was making that foot hurt that much more. He said, and as they got to the doctor, he said, you know, he put my foot up on the table. He said, and he took a, a swab and he swabbed my foot. He said, oh, it was hard. It was red and swollen. He said, it was throbbing so bad. He said, and he felt that cool swab on there. He said, then the doctor reached over on the table there beside him. He said, and he pulled up this little instrument, little round instrument. He said, and at the end of that thing, he said, it was a sharp razor blade. He said, and that man started coming at my foot with that instrument. He said, he grabbed a hold of my foot, my heel. He said, my foot, and he got close. He said, and I jerked it back. He said, I jerked my foot back. He said, son, sit still. Now, you got to sit still. He said, I said, I put my foot back down there. He said, trying to be obedient. He said, and he got right to that heel again, and that thing just fixing to, that razor blade fixing to cut into that heel. He said, and I jerked it back. He said, son, if you don't hold still, he said, I can't help you. I can't make this pain go away until I insert this and lance that thing open. Amen. He said, you know, he said, I held my foot as still as I could hold it. He said, because I wanted relief. I wanted to quit hurting. I wanted the throbbing to stop. He said, so I, with all of my might, he said, I was just a little boy. He said, with all my might, I held my foot still. He said, and he inserted that razor blade. And he said, there was a moment of pain. He said, and there was almost immediate relief. He said, I left that doctor's office, foot, you know, all wrapped up. He said, a little bit of blood coming through the bandage. He said, but from that day forward, I begin to get better. He said, from that minute forward, I begin to get better. But there was, there had to come some hurt before there comes some healing. And I told you that to tell you this. Sometimes we have to endure some things that are very painful to us, and we don't understand it. And sometimes even the fix seems like it's painful, and it goes against our flesh and goes against our nature, and we want to jerk back from the hand of God. Let's put it that way, the hand of that doctor that says, I want to heal you. I want you to be better. I want things to work normal for you again. I want you to be able to run and play, and I want you to be able to do the things you, you were doing before you bruised yourself. Amen? There's a purpose for our pain sometimes. Amen? And if we'll allow God to be the healer, to be the doctor, we'll make it through it. John, the 11th chapter, we'll begin reading with verse 1. Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. We all remember the story of Mary and how she uh, anointed the Lord and she wiped his feet with her hair. But her brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, verse 3, Therefore his sisters sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now they had a situation in their life. They had 
a sickness come upon one that they loved, their brother. They were concerned about this. It must have been, it must have been more than just a snotty nose like I got now. It must have been something pretty severe that they said, you know what? We're, call, we're calling for Jesus. They sent for him. Why do you think they sent for him? Because they knew he was able to rectify the situation. Amen. So they sent for Jesus and they said, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Now, the Lord loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Let's go ahead. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. I want to read that again. This is what Jesus said. This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Amen. Did you get that? There was a reason for that. There was a purpose for this pain. Verse 5, now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus. Folks, Jesus loved these folks. Amen. He cared about this family. He had 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 a lot of interaction with this family. That's why when they faced a, a bad situation, they sent for Jesus. And he loved these folks, and he cared about these folks. Amen. The Bible says that he stated that here. And went verse 6, when he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he jumped up and put it in high gear, and he said, let's get to their house. He whom I loveth is sick. Is that what it says? Let's read what it said. Now, Jesus, somebody you love and care deeply about, you even said it there that you love these folks. He's sick, and they need you. They've called for you. They're re- they need some help, Lord. They need you. What does verse 6 say? When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. It's a little, it kind of struck me as like, man, that's, I wonder why. I mean, one of my kids called me. We all love our kids. One of them hollers at me, and when when I had them, I had a whole house full of them. And uh, I love children. I love the fact that they're grown and raised now, too. Amen. There's a better day coming, brother and sister. Just hang on. There's a purpose for the pain. <laughs> but when those kids cry out in the middle of the night, man, the first thing that a parent wants to do, when you love those children, you jump up and run. I can remember mom and dad coming running in there. I cry out in the middle of the night with a tummy ache or something, you know, something bothered me, a bad dream or something, but usually it was, it was you know, something I felt bad, felt sick, and they'd come in there and they would comfort me. And my dad, bless his heart, oh, I love him to death. But there was something mama's comforting was a little bit different and a little bit better than my dad's. He loved me. I know he loved me, but he was just like patting me half asleep, you know, Lord, help him, Jesus. Touch him, Jesus. And mama's like, oh, honey, it'll be okay, you know. And she's petting me, you know. Daddy's just laying hands on me and praying for me and want me to go to sleep, <laughs> go back to sleep. But we jump up when our children are in need, amen? When somebody we love needs us, if they make a phone call and say, look, I'm in a desperate situation, we respond immediately. Jesus loved these people, so it struck me as I, it just struck me, why did he stay two days still in the same place? He didn't get in any hurry. He didn't say, disciples, let's pack up, we got to head out. We got to head out. Man, there's somebody that's got need of us. Somebody that I love and care about needs me. No, the Bible says he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Verse 7. 
Then after that saith he to his disciples, Let us go into Judea again. His disciples said unto him, Master, the Jews of, of late sought to stone thee, and goest thou there there again? He was even going a different place. Verse 9, Then Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walk in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Verse 11, These things said he, and after that he saith unto them, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleep. Verse 12, Then said his disciples, Lord, if he sleep, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus, how Jesus spake of his death. But they thought that he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. Then said Jesus unto them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Now let's look at verse 15. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there. To the intent ye may believe. Nevertheless, let us go unto him. And we all know the story. I don't have to read on. We've all read that story. We've heard about it in Sunday school. But I always heard the part, you know, about how Jesus came on the scene and how he called Lazarus forth from the grave and Lazarus was, was, was given life into a dead, decaying body even at that time. He was given life. It returned into him. And he come forth out there when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. You know, I heard that story. But it struck me so differently that it didn't have to be that way. He loved these folks. He, could, he didn't even have to go. All he had to do was just speak the word, and they would, and Lazarus could have been healed. But Jesus didn't seem to get in a hurry. But there was a reason. They, no doubt, that reason they called for Jesus is because they'd probably seen him do many miracles. They had probably seen many miraculous things done by his hand. That's why they called for him. But when they were when the situation was allowed to go farther than what they thought was even possible, even to the death. And he came, and then they, they, we know the story. They said, Mary said, even if you if you if you'd just been here, if you'd have been here, he, he would have lived. He could have lived if you'd just been here. But when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, they were allowed to see him as more than just a healer. But they seen him as the resurrection, and the life. He allowed them to face a storm in their life that to them was completely unnecessary. It wasn't needful to go this far. It didn't have to go that far. But they seen Jesus through, a different, through different eyes when he stepped on that scene. He said, he said where, where have you laid him? And he called Lazarus forth. They seen our God and our great God and Savior as the resurrection and the life. So I'm here to tell you today, if you're facing a storm, if you're facing a trial in your life, a situation that you say, Lord, I prayed about this. I prayed. I've sought your face over and over. I've cried out to you, but yet you've not heard. You just hang on. God's timing is perfect timing. And there's a purpose for your storm. There's a purpose for your pain. Hang in there. Don't give up. Keep your faith and your trust in him. Let's go to Mark chapter 4. Matthew, Mark. I love the Gospels. Amen. Mark chapter 4. All you new converts and old converts all alike, man, get back in the Gospels. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. 
read the teachings in the, of, our, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Man, I encourage you to. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse number 35. Now, this is the story we're all familiar with as well. When Jesus told his disciples, we're going to go across to the other side and the storm arose. Let's read that. Let's read that. And y'all follow along with me if we got it on screen. Mark 4 and 35. And the same day when evening was come, he saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. You know, sometimes we read through this stuff, and I, I, I stop myself every once in a while, and I try to put myself in that situation. Sometimes we can read a story, and it just kind of passes us by. But put yourself where these guys were at. I mean, they were in a storm. Their boat, the wind was blowing, the, the rain was coming down, the waves was crashing in, and their boat was full of water. What comes after the boat gets full of water? It ain't going to happen long, and it's going to sink, isn't it? So these guys were fearful. They were fearful. They were fixing to die. There arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. And he was in speaking of Jesus, and he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him, and they said unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Now, they, I tried to put a little, little emphasis on that when I said that, but Brother Littles, I imagine it was a little more emphatic than that. I'm, they didn't do like Mama used to wake me up in the morning. Wake up, honey. Wake up. And even Dad was a little more, you know, it's time to get up. Time to burn in daylight. Let's go. It was even a little more emphatic than that. Master, I can't even, I, I'm not in the middle of that. I, I'm not this deep in water or whatever, however deep they, they was fixing to sink. But I'm sure they had some fear in their voice. Master, carest thou not that we perish? How many of us in the midst of our storm, in the midst of our trial, have not said those same things? Maybe not in those exact words, but we've said, Lord, don't you even care? Don't you care that I'm in this situation? Don't you care? I, I remember times in my life when I laid on my face on the ground outside and I cried out to the Lord, God, do you not see the situation that I'm having to deal with? Do you not understand? Why aren't you moving? Do you even care that I'm fixing to perish here, Lord? That's what the disciples said. Careth thou not? They were human just like we are. Don't you care, Lord, that we're going to perish here? Verse 39, and we know the end of the story, and praise God for it. And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea Obey him. Had they not seen Jesus do miracles, Brother Littles, they'd seen him do a lot of miracles. But there was something about it that day when they were facing certain death and they seen him, when they awakened him out of his sleep and they seen him step on the bow of that vessel and they heard him just simply say, Peace, be still. And nature itself obeyed his voice and his command. 
they seen our Jesus in a different light that day. They stood back and they said, what manner, what kind of man is this? What manner of man is this? I said all of this this morning to say this. There's going to be storms in your life. If you're not facing them now, there will. You keep on living. You're going to face them. There's going to be painful situations that you're going to have to deal with, but there's a purpose for this pain. Our God is going to bring you. I have no doubt to tell you this. God will bring you through. He will not forsake you. He has not put you in the situation to destroy you. What does the book of James say? That the trying of your faith worketh what? Patience. Sometimes I've said, God, I, I, I'm tired of this storm. I'm tired of this trial. God, I need relief. I need an answer. I need an answer now. But God's timing is perfect timing. You just hang on. Hallelujah. You know, when we faced, we faced things over the last few years when the epidemic came, we've all seen it. When, 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 when all of this stuff about COVID and all this come out, man, we didn't know what was going to happen. From day to day, I didn't know what to expect. You know, especially when I woke up one day and I couldn't taste or smell anything. And that was right at the beginning of all of that. And it about scared me to death because all I heard was like, it was almost like a death sentence is what I was hearing. You get this thing, you're going to die. We were all shook up, you know. But I seen COVID do two things. I seen it draw people closer to God. And I seen it push people away. We seen it. There's... There's vacant seats in these pews right now from people that through this time have just kind of drifted on a seat, just drifted. A situation that arose that, believe it or not, I'm not saying it was the will of God, but God's in control of the storm, folks. He's in control of the situation. But something that could, they could have used that opportunity to draw close to the Lord. Man, I can remember... Sitting in my house, I live over in the hills, over in Arkansas, and I can remember sitting there uh, and couldn't wait for that. I don't even know what you call all this technology, but man, I try. I was getting people to try to help me figure out how to get that on my phone, so I could see the preaching, so I could see the worship, so I could be a part of what was going on in the house of the Lord, even if we couldn't be here. But that would have been just as good a time as in. Just say, you know what? I think golf is an isolated sport. I ain't got to be right close to somebody. I think I'll just start golfing on Sunday. Or I'll just do this. And I'm not against golfing. You know that I play golf all the time. But I'm just saying, a storm in a situation in, in your life can do one of two things. It's either going to draw you closer to God or it's going to push you farther from Him. And it is not our God's desire for that to push you away. But it's to draw you closer to Him. He just wants you to be able to stand back with amazement and say, what manner of man is this? He wants you to be able to say, my God. My God came through for me again. Amen. And you know what? Sometimes there's things we face in life, and if we will weather the storm, and that storm is not to destroy us, that pain is not to kill us, but if we will weather that, we can learn something in that situation. We, come be, we can become smarter and wiser because we've got some experience. That's what the book of James says. I, I, I challenge you to read the book of James. Let patience have her perfect work that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. That way when another storm arises in your life, you can say, you know what? My God brought me through this before. My God will take me through. No matter if it's sickness, the death of a loved one, whatever you might face, 
God will bring you through. Amen? I want you to take hope today and take a hold of this and realize that not everything that we face in our life is for our detriment, but it's for our good. And God is preparing us for what's to come. God's not coming back for a bride that's just an, an, so anemic. Oh, I just can't make it. But he's coming back for a glorious church. Amen. That has made herself ready. She's been through the fire. She's been through the trials. And guess what she done? She come forth victorious. Amen. Because she learned something in the storm. She said, I can weather what comes my way. There's a purpose for the pain. Amen. Look unto Jesus. Look unto Jesus. He will bring you through. And you will stand back someday. Amen. If you'll weather the storm. And you'll be able to say, what manner of man is this? And when, you, when, when somebody you love or somebody close to you or somebody you're working with, when they're going through a storm, guess what you'll be able to do? So let me talk to you about, let me talk to you about what it feels like when your whole world's turned upside down. Because I've been through that. And I've made through that. And you know, I didn't make it in my own strength. But I looked unto Jesus. I love you all. Thank you for being in Sunday school this morning. We look forward to the worship service. Amen. There's a purpose for the pain. Amen. And there's healing. There's Sometimes there t- it takes hurt to bring healing. God's preparing you for a purpose. He's got a purpose for your life. Amen. Lord bless you, each one.